Hello, and welcome to Forefront 360, where we take you all around the intersection of the arts and the Christian faith. I'm Nate Mancini. I'm one of the founders of Forefront. And today, we get to share a breakout session recorded at Forefront Festival 22 earlier this year. It's called Songwriting, Befriending Revision and Rewriting Your Way to Better Lyrics. And it's led by singer-songwriter Timothy Levin. Take it away, Tim. Welcome to this breakout on songwriting and revision um, and rewriting one's way to uh, better lyrics. Uh, my name's Tim. I am from one of the other Rochesters in the country. I'm actually from Rochester, New Hampshire. Um, and I, I just finished, like I just said, I, I just uh, finished grad school for about, it was about a five or six year trek for engineering stuff, but I've been writing songs for at least a dozen years. It was, uh, a f- a f- I was about 12 in a church home group. Somebody who, he was also a, st- uh, he was a student at uh, the university that I eventually ended up going to. He was often the one leading the worship and such, but he happened to just pull out a few pieces of paper from his guitar case one night, and they were songs that he'd written. And he wasn't Stephen Curtis Chapman or Michael Card, and I was just like, a human who isn't those guys who writes songs. Okay, um, can I try that? So 12-year-old me uh, got some paper, and I sat down and wrote out what looked to me like a song. It had four verses in a chorus, and I was like, okay, well... I went over to his name was Jay, and I was like, Jay, I, I did this thing. And he's like, oh, cool. Can I, can I keep this? And so he like, went off with it, and a few weeks later, he like, surprised me by like, setting it to music. And I was shocked and obsessed at the same time. I was, oh, my gosh, I have to keep doing this. I, and I couldn't even tell you why. I just knew that something about songwriting got its hook in me when I was 12 years old. But that was the most that I knew about it. I really didn't know much about that there was such a thing as a craft of writing or, or um, people talk about process. I had no exposure to that. No one aside from him really actively wrote, so I wasn't around a lot of artists. I didn't have a lot of context at the time. Um, and uh, this topic of revision, of revising lyrics, has been a special one to me because you can go on YouTube, you can even, a lot of movies will be made, you can watch the pro- progression of a production, you can watch they change the instrumentation, the arrangement of something, but maybe I just haven't looked in the right spot, but l- like looking at the, r- the journey of lyrics is the hardest thing to find. You really can't find someone, um, if you've ever taken a math class in, in your 11th hour, you found a guy called Patrick JMT who just like works through calculus problems on YouTube. You're just like, God bless you. There's no Patrick JMT for lyrics. It's just like you're on your own unless you know people who are actively doing it. But as far as I can tell, every writer, that's a huge part of the journey for them. But there's nothing out there. And... Um, movie makers, Christian or non, seem to love to make the good songs seem like they just magically appear. And the best possible uh, situation for a song is it just happens. That There's no pimples. There's no adolescence. There's no need to be like, no, that's not good enough. Let's work on it and make it better. Um, whether that's watching Rocket Man or... Um, Bohemian Rhapsody, or even uh, I was—I still am, have been involved with leading worship at my church. But there can be a certain way of talking about music 
in even the realm of worship music that seems like, you know, this song, you know, it just happened in a moment. We were just worshiping and it just flowed out and here's what it is. And that's, you know, God just gave me this song and which sounds very spiritual, but um, hearing those, those things growing up where there's, there is no revision. That's like, well, what do I do? The stuff that flows out of me doesn't nearly sound as good as that. What's my problem if we're supposed to be drawing from the same source? And so, the way this will uh, go for like the next 15 minutes, just a, a, a general thought or two again about revision and then um, a couple of specific um, practical things I'd use to critique a, a work of mine. Um, I have two handouts. If you didn't get one, they're right there on that front bench. And then we'll, with whatever time we have, we'll quickly glance at an example and then you can hold on to them if you just want them for uh, commiseration or just uh, seeing someone else's scribblings on a piece of paper. Um, but... The, the idea, again, about, okay, goodness, the, the best possible outcome as a songwriter is that I'm a pipe and God wants to flow through this pipe out onto the page and then here I am, I have a song. Fantastic. Um, and if it's not coming naturally, if I'm having to really work at it, that image would suggest that something's getting in the way of that flow and I just need to get out of the way of that and ideally again I want as little effort as possible to be guaranteed that it's going to be a spiritual good guaranteed to be that it matters you know and the the term I've heard for this is competitive ontology this idea that these two solid things can't really coexist at the same time it's either my effort or it's God's effort it really can't be God's effort through mine in one sense Um, and uh, scripture gives a, the picture counter to that, which is that we are actively participating with God in the things that he wants to make. As we put our hands into the dirt, things grow, and that's his grace at work in him giving us the ability to do that, in him crafting materials that behave the way they do. Um, same thing with words and melody and lyrics and things like that. Um, so the the encouragement uh, I have is to um, we we judge the song based on the song, not on how long it takes to write it. The question, how long did it take you to write a song? At least when I get asked that, is like I never feel comfortable answering that question. It's like I, it doesn't have anything really to do with if the song is good or not. Um, so. There's an idea, and then I end up with a draft of some sort. Um, and I do want to continue getting it to a point where I eventually would look at it and say, yep, that's complete, whatever that means. Um, specifically, um, the first uh, f- thing that I, I try to figure out is focus. I have a friend who will regularly ask me, uh, so what's the song about? And if I can answer him in about one sentence, what that is, I'm, it's at least an indicator that I'm on the right track. If it takes me uh, a paragraph to answer it, I, either I need, I can certainly elaborate on sub subcategories of the thing, but if it's still really clunky to hold the thing together, I might be trying to say too much possibly during it. Um, and in one of the examples, the sanctification restoration hymn thing, that is probably a, a key big study in uh, trying to figure out the focus of that song. Um, and another one is I'd ask myself, okay, uh, have I heard this before? Along with, okay, a song isn't innately more spiritual if it happens quickly. Usually if I wrote the line or the song itself fast, almost automatically I'm skeptical. I'm actually like, well, okay, this, this didn't require a lot of effort at first. Maybe it's fine, but let me give it a second pass just to be like, 
could I possibly find stronger verbs or could I find a lyric that's actually a tinge more specific to the, what I'm talking about? I deal mostly in kind of folk storytelling, singer songwritery stuff. You can have good focus if you're more of an impressionistic lyricist or poet. Um, however, for you, the creator, sometimes um, asking this question of does this does this sound like me at all? Like, would this can I imagine this coming out of my mouth in normal speak, even if I wasn't trying to write something um, like this? <sighs> um, so, why revision? What's the song about? Have I heard this before? And then, so I have a draft, and in, in when I'm trying to initially have, there's a spark, and I'm just trying to f- sort it out on paper, my goal is just to outrun the inner critic. I just want to, uh, I, I usually start with blank paper. I don't, my own mind doesn't like lines. I usually turn it sideways so that I don't have to think. It has to go left to right, top to bottom, whatever it is. Um, and okay, I've got one line and I like that and I, <clears throat> you got to make it rhyme just so two lines after that and stop there. I, I, uh, have to find, okay, I know, I know I want some sort of sound and so I'll just write out a word that sounds like what I want, even if it's not exactly what I'm after, I'll just come back to it later. That's fine. Or if I start to get kind of precious with the lyrics, I'll do a save as, and I'll start a new document with those same words. I know the originals there. I can go back to it, but then I can keep fiddling with things. Um, trying to find little tricks that will kind of get me over the hump of, ah, got to start to fine tune now. If we're still trying to reach back into the cloud of ideas and pull out stuff and bring it onto the paper. Um, so it's a dance between, when it comes to revision, between getting really exact, okay, is there a better verb? Do I have to just slice out a word or, or a syllable? And then having to dive back into, okay, I think I need four new lines that look at this image a little bit differently. And going back into the more splatter, outrun the inner critic side of things. Like I said, if I get stuck, I'll just write gibberish or a word that sounds like what I'm after. Um, Even things like, are the strongest words falling on the right downbeats that I want to? Am I emphasizing is and the when really I want to be emphasizing the subject of the line, whatever that is. Um, so let's see, 538 grand. So the first example, those are my general thoughts and then um, a couple specifics. With this one, uh, the sanctification hymn that uh, you have as a handout. This is one that I was like, okay, uh, on the church music side of things, I, I love to be specific with trying to be like, well, we could you really use a song about this? So I was like, uh, confession, that would be a fun one to try to write something about and something that wasn't too navel-gazing and had a lot of grace. But um, so I was like, fine, I'll, I'll just give it a title and then that'll kind of be my challenge to write something about that. So initially I wrote down... This song was about sanctification, and then I wrote these four verses for the most part. And then I took another look at it and was like, oh dear. I, I, uh, congratulations, three of these verses are fine, but I'm still sensing a bit of a struggle with the imagery and such. This doesn't really seem to have to do much with uh, sanctification. Um, but let me read these aloud, and then I'll talk through what I did to, to start to rework it. Father God, you have chosen to conform us to likeness of Christ. By our fall, we were broken. 
but you wouldn't abandon your prize. Who could reform the shards of our hearts with a beauty more bright than before? Who could make the new more precious? Who could do this but you, our Lord? Father God, we are hardened by the fire of our flesh and our world. Shattered parts still refusing to let go of what broke us at first. Who has compassion on us who take after the fractured perversions of earth? Who could make stone to soften? Who could do this but you, our Lord? Father God, in a moment, we will look into our Maker's eyes. Every crack, I didn't even have anything after that, so I scribbled something in. But with gold, you're restoring your prize. Who could reform the shards of our hearts with a beauty more bright than before? Who could make the new more precious? Who could do this but you, our Lord? And then there's the last verse. And if you look to the very last four lines, I didn't even really have a pretty way of saying it. So instead of trying to get it out exactly right, I said exactly what I wanted to say. And then I was like, well, I'll just figure out how I want to say it in my third, fourth, fifth pass over this song. Other ways that I could kind of encourage myself to keep going without getting stuck, I would, if I'm like, okay, fine, I'll just put a line there because, again, it's close to the point but not quite there, I'd italicize it or i put it in parentheses just so that I knew I was reminding myself that word was never meant to stay there. Yes, it rhymes, but don't get married to it. Um, so if you're wondering where do I start to critique this, those are just easy places to pick up if I have to set it down and come back to it later. Um, and I think the reason the, the italicized line in the first verse, the who could make the new more precious, like the line of the new, I was like, okay, that could be, that's a little cliche. What do I actually mean by that? That was um, something that I <clears throat> had to dive into farther. So that was my thing. And often when I get stuck, especially where I'm like, I have no idea what to do with this, I just phone friends. I have Art House Dallas and Art House North are both... Um, neat grassroots nonprofits. They have uh, feedback nights for writers, for visual artists, for songwriters. And I found out about one last April. And so it was on Zoom. So I was like, yeah, I'll, sure, I'm in Ithaca, New York, but I'll dial in. And it was wonderful. You have, it was like 15 minutes to share my song, ask my three questions about where I was genuinely stuck, and then I got feedback that could help. So this is one of those where I passed it off to a friend and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. And they're like, yes, this doesn't know what, we, I agree with you. And I was just like, right, because I just needed someone in that moment to give me the guts to just go back and fiddle with it. Because I was like, I spent a few hours on this. I don't want to have to pull it apart again because it's precious. Um, but they encouraged me and I went in for it. And then the other pages are me going back into the first verse and trying to find, okay, let's start with a line and write other options for, okay, how could I rewrite that line? And I'm a sucker for things like slant rhyme and alliteration and things like that. Those are just my own personal events. Um, and then as I'm like, ooh, okay, I particularly like that, I would underline it or circle it, and then periodically I would rewrite it all again as much as I had. Okay, fine, now I've got mostly two verses. Now I need to fine-tune those, and I really don't know what to do about the third, but I'll start there, so... Um, I get into the third verse, and then I get to whatever the next line is that I wasn't sure, and I would just iterate once again. So if you're sensing a pattern, for your own revision of your own work, whether it's lyrics or otherwise, um, 
you can just pay attention to little tricks that maybe help you to stay ahead of your inner critic when you have to dive back into finding new words or, okay, I need to just take a different look at that idea. Um, there's one other song uh, called Sister Willow, and I'm not going to dive directly into that. That one's much more four different versions that I just typed up in Word. And so if you're curious and uh, you want to take a stab at things, you, you can just go right ahead and critique the first one on the first page and say, well, what, Tim, what would I change about this? And then as you flip through, maybe see, okay, actually, yeah, those were changes worth making or what have you. I'd be curious to hear what you say. Um, so as far as revision is concerned, that was actually the bulk of what I had prepared. So um, are there any questions or, or thoughts that you guys have? Do you find your perspective on revision like bleeds into other areas of life? Realizing that just because you've done something once, it's not done, and you'll need to try it again and keep fixing it. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, I just finished university, and I think knowing that career is going to be an iterative process is actually really consoling. It's goodness. It's like, okay, I don't have to drill down to the absolute essence of who I am and enact that for eternity to come. It's like, we'll, we'll try something for the next two years, and then we'll go from there based on what I learned. So, yeah. Oof. And it takes a lot of the pressure off, too, because then you're just like, I don't freeze, hopefully, in the moment, or I freeze for not as long. Um, and then I can just do something. Yeah. Yeah. I am not a songwriter, um, but I enjoy writing. But sometimes I get bogged down with like so many ideas. Like, oh, is that for this like piece or story, or is that like a separate thing? Like, how do you know yeah. when you're working on something? Like, oh, that I need to stop making this try to fit. It's its own thing. Oh. I should try to make it like fit into this song. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's hard with theology a lot of stuff is tied together and it's really tempting that I want to bring a lot of imagery together in the same same song yeah I'm trying to think of an example where that happened because I, I know what you're talking about yeah I was trying to write a song about the resurrection and um, initially I thought this was going to be a kind of a lament about the presence the the continued presence of death even with the resurrection being an event and uh, thinking of the of Lazarus and Christ weeping at the tomb beforehand. So I was trying to write that song, um, but at the same time, I wanted to incorporate Jesus' words, I'm the resurrection and the life. And what I and so I wrote the, a draft with this more lament-ish focus, but it just didn't feel right. I didn't have a melody in mind, so it just ended up being really clunky. But I still took the resurrection and the life thing, and it did become its own song. And I'm like, well, this totally went sideways, because this is a, a rockin', upbeat, like, celebrative, ce celebrative uh, kind of song. The lament is just going to have to be something else. And, and yeah, that uh, when did it happen? A couple months later, I kind of picked up the, the life and resurrection theme and made what I kind of felt was doing justice to, like, okay, that side of things, too. Um, so, yes, I, I've had to do that, too. Um, and uh, it, I think I just had to be okay with facing up to the fact that, yes, I just put three or four hours arm wrestling these lyrics into place, and, yes, technically it works, but it doesn't work, and, and try again. Um, but it wasn't a waste because those ideas were still there. So um, that gave me a bit of courage to kind of roll up my sleeves again and keep going. Yeah, even, I mean, I, I used to hold on to a lot more of my song, my lyric drafts. I'm glad that I held on to a few just, for, like, for examples, but 
Um, I think more I, I was nervous about like, okay, if I have an idea, I have to write it down now or record it, otherwise it's just gonna flit away and it'll be gone. But I think I've been kind of, again, the notion of God is, is involved in shaping me into the kind of person who can look at a song critically and revise it. He, he has me on a particular journey, so certain themes are just going to be meaningful to me. And so it's, if it's in a part of me, I don't really have to be scared about, is it going to flit away? If I can't act on it now for whatever reason, whether it's another idea I'm working on or I have schoolwork to do, either way. Um, yeah. So as you approach songwriting, do you always, or maybe not always, do you most often approach from a conceptual sort of framework, or do you allow for stream of consciousness? How, what's your balance like with that? Polaroids, which I played in my set, that actually was kind of a, a stream of consciousness one initially. I had the, I, I was taking a letter out to my mailbox to my friend Amy, and I put it in the mailbox and the line, Amy Joy, I sent you a Polaroid, went through my mind. And I was like, oh, I like that, as I walked back into the house and started to write. But I had no clue what the song was going to be about. It wasn't until I was about 10 pages deep when the let words be the photos of the folks we are inside. When that landed, and I was like, ooh, underline. That is what I want to hang my hat on. But I, I didn't really know until I was kind of just feeling around what's, what else is in the room here. Um, uh, yeah, that's probably the closest that I get to it. it I, that happens much more on like the folky stuff. If it's more church stuff, I would much rather, I'm more inclined to just pick this thing I want to say and then let's unpack it more like an essay, frankly. It's a little bit less romantic, but I guess, yeah. With, with when it comes to melody, I tend to do that more. Like, okay, I, I, I don't know what kind of a chorus it needs, but it needs one, so let me see where I feel like this is leading me. And that will dictate the, when I reach for words, that'll kind of give me a constraint. But um, So then, then maybe that's where the stream tends to take the turn tugging the wagon. But yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening to Forefront 360. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then leave us a review or hit the share button to send it directly to a friend. If you're a creator or art enthusiast and you'd like to be on the show, head over to the Get Involved page on ForefrontFestival.com. Until next time, keep pursuing authentic faith and excellent art.